Hi, this is Brad Redderson, and welcome to Stranova, a bi-weekly audio business program exploring the intersection of cutting-edge business strategy and the innovations that can ignite business growth. As an entrepreneur with over 30 years experience leading high-tech organizations, I've constantly sought out new ideas that could take business to an entirely new level of performance. For Stranova, I've invited some of the most innovative business leaders out there and asked them to share their ideas with you. So sit back, listen, and consider what some of these new thoughts might mean to your business as we begin this week's episode of Stranova. This week, we're going to interview the founder of what is certainly one of the most successful coffee shop franchisers in the entire country. They started from modest beginnings with a narrow range of product offerings and now offer a broad range of coffee drinks, other beverages, food, and sandwich offerings, and with over 30 times the number of shops they had just 10 years ago. No, I'm not talking about Starbucks. And even more importantly, the country I mentioned isn't the United States or somewhere in Europe. It's the Philippines. The chain is Bo's Coffee Club, founded back in 1994 on the island of Cebu, with the, at the time, very strange idea of creating a chain of hot coffee coffee shops in a country where the temperature ranges from mild to very hot much of the year. Although the concept was clearly very successful in the United States, and variants of it were also taking off in Europe, skeptics were constantly telling Bose Coffee Club founder Steve Benitez that the coffee was way too high-priced at around a dollar U.S. a cup for the Philippine economy to stomach, and that he was, nicely put, a little crazy for thinking he could sell hot coffee in a hot climate. Mr. Benitez, who had very much enjoyed the coffee shop concept while visiting the United States, was not to be deterred in his vision. He has, as he tells the story, a passion for coffee, and he was convinced that, giving thoughtful planning, determination, and an almost evangelical drive to convince his public that a combination of good product and an inviting atmosphere could succeed in spite of what everyone else was thinking. This is a story about how a good idea can be moved across borders into places no one would ever imagine possible, and how that determination, skill, and more than a little bit of marketing savvy can grow a business in, shall we say, the harshest of climates. It's a story we hope will inspire those of you starting your own businesses to keep pushing if you indeed are as passionate about your own business vision. We are very pleased to have the founder and CEO of Bose Coffee Club, Steve Benitez, as our guest this week to tell us about his entrepreneurial journey. Steve, welcome to Stranova. It's so wonderful to be here. As a very first question here, for those of us that haven't had the chance to experience it in person and to provide a framework for the conversation that comes, can you tell us a little bit about Bose Coffee Club, what it is, what it offers, and where your stores are located? Uh, Vos Coffee Club is a specialty coffee concept. We have around 30 stores right now. We started the business back in 1996, and Bose and all of it actually are all located in the Philippines. How did you come up with the idea of Bose Coffee Club? I know that there were coffee shops certainly in other places. Was there some particular experience or event that suggested to you the idea of doing this? Well, first of all, coffee is my passion, something that I enjoy as a beverage, and it's something that I enjoy as an experience, having it in a coffee shop. And I uh, travel a lot, so every time I travel, 
I look forward to that experience. I go to coffee shops. It's just something that I enjoyed a lot when I traveled. So one day when I didn't have a trip abroad, I felt like, why did I have to wait for another trip to enjoy that experience? So I felt like I should maybe share it with the community, you know, share the experience by the local community back home. And that was the first step that I, of, of the whole uh, endeavor. And what I did was study the whole business for two years just before I actually opened up my first coffee shop back in 1996. So when you opened the first coffee shop back in 1996, you said, talked about the studying. What kind of things were you looking at in order to determine its applicability to moving this experience to the Philippines? Well, there's really no formal studies because the really new concept back in 1993-94 when I actually decided to do it. So I just went to a lot of con conferences, food shows, conventions, seminars. I did a lot of studying by myself, books. And I think the one that really had a lot of inputs in my study was my experience in coffee shops. What I did was go visit different coffee shops in different countries. Every time I visited another country in Europe and in the U.S., all over Asia, I would sit down in a coffee shop and totally just experience, talk myself into the total experience of the coffee shop. And that way, I think I got a lot of inputs. I, I was able to merge all my experiences, the best of each experience, what Bo's Coffee is right now. Bo's Coffee Club, where did the name come from? Well, we started in 96 when I opened. I did a name study for the business. I came up with Coffee Club. I started out the business as Coffee Club. And after two years, the name became very generic, or it became generic. Everybody started calling all the coffee shops Coffee Club. So I felt that I had to put a distinguishing Mark, not only to identify the brand or the uh, our, our name, but really to differentiate us. Start to that was a, the stage where I felt we had to differentiate ourselves. So I decided, since Coffee Club was already a popular name, I just decided to put the first name into the Coffee Club, and I put Bo. So Bo was a person I met in one of my studies. And one of the shows that I attended, the coffee show, it was in New Orleans. And he was actually just an acquaintance. I just met him once. But the history to it is that he is an American-Italian coffee roaster. He stood for me as a person who was so serious about the quality of his coffee because he did not want to expand his business or his roastery because he felt that if he did, quality would suffer. So he was very satisfied at being at, at a certain level or a comfortable level where he can attain his quality. So when I was digging out my records looking for a, a name that I felt was significant to me that time, I saw his name, one of the calling cards, you know, I had a pile of them. So I shortlisted it. I think that name just talked to me and I said, Bose is a name that's very easy to remember very short, very bold, neither very foreign or neither very 
very local. So I felt that marketing-wise, that was a good. Here and I was thinking it was some long-lost ancestor. I wasn't sure. <laughs> no, he was not an ancestor. But people now call me Bo. <laughs> Having come up with the idea then, you've talked a little bit about the studying process. How did you go about the challenge of raising money, planning out what to have in your first store, and picking that first location? What kind of things did you have to go through? And part of what I'm looking at here is many of the listeners, of course, are from the U.S. and, say, Western Europe, and they may just assume a certain process that is fairly standard for startup businesses. My guess is it was a bit different in your case. Well, when I was doing my study, you know, there were two parts to my study. One was the business side. The other is the passion side, which was coffee. The business side of the study was that I did study in my community, and the study was not actually very encouraging because the community felt that that concept was not going to work. I guess that's one of the disadvantages of being an entrepreneur is when you sometime on the process you feel really alone, actually believe in the concept. But that did not stop me because I pursued my study of the business. The numbers, as far as I'm concerned, was good, very, very uh, encouraging. But what really started my the ball rolling was when I went to Singapore, this coffee concept was starting to be very popular. So when I went there for a visit, I saw people drinking coffee, hot coffee at that, on the sidewalks and on the streets. Because when I actually felt like doing this coffee thing, my exposure was the U.S. and in terms of climate, it was cold. People were drinking coffee in that cold Places, so it was understandable. But for me, maybe at one time I felt like, will it work in the Philippines with a hot climate? So that Singapore trip really convinced me that the market would be ready to take in this concept because Singapore and the Philippines share the same climate. You know, it's warm and humid, but people were just drinking hot coffee or, you know, coffee and hot or ice under the heat of the sun. So... That was the turning point, and I said, I'm ready to do it. As far as the coffee part is concerned, I was finished with that part. I knew every intricacies on the coffee side, so that Singapore trip really gave me the go signal to go for it. And choosing a location, I was a little more conservative. What I mean by that is that I did not actually put my first coffee shop outside the mall. What I did was I said, I want to recreate the sidewalk experience in Europe, but I want to recreate it inside the mall where the mall is air-conditioned. So at least they were, that was one part of the business where you know, I was very, very conscious about doing because I didn't want to take the risk of putting it outside where the heat is bad. So I put it inside the mall, air-conditioned mall, enclosed at that. I just recreated sidewalk concept that I saw in Europe. I started out with six tables. Well, it was like a small kiosk or a cart. And that's how it all started. Well, it must have been a very interesting experience when you opened it up, especially with the reactions you were initially receiving from others that this was something that wouldn't fly. 
what was it like on that opening day when people, say, came upon your store for the first time in the mall and realizing this is something very new and very different? Well, the first three months were not encouraging at all. I felt that friends that I consulted or I did a market study on were right because sales were just downright discouraging. It was a totally new concept. At that time, you know, specialty coffee, even in the U.S., was on its infancy stage. It was just about to take off, and it was not as widespread as it is right now. Europe, well, it's, it's always been there, but independent coffee shops. So it was just very discouraging for the first three months. But what I did, you know, again, I'd like to reiterate, this was purely not, as far as I'm concerned, I did not treat this purely as a business venture. This was more of a realization of a passion. If you're talking about passion, would do anything, make that work, never lose steam. Otherwise, if it was treated as a business, monetary gains, fine, maybe I would have closed it after three months. But no, I did not. I pursued, stayed on, and one of the most unforgettable moments I had in first trying months was, you know, people would come in and ask about what is this all about, and I'd say this is a specialty coffee, and they say how much was the coffee, and in in pesos that was like twenty five pesos at that time, I think that was less than a dollar in best dollars. People would just say, "Wow, that's too expensive." You know, coffee was not priced at that level. Coffee was most of the time free when you have it, your friends at home. Too expensive for them, market. So they would say, "Ah, oh, this is too expensive." No, it's okay. I won't get one. But what I did was, I said, "No, excuse me, sir or ma'am. You know, I I think you should try the coffee, but you don't have to pay for it." I give you the coffee for free. So, for a lot of instances where I gave out coffee beverages for free just to educate the market, you know, after tried freshly brewed coffee or freshly espresso, why the taste will never go back to instant, which was the most popular at that time. So, it was very hard to educate the market, but... Again, my passion sustained the fire that kept burning. You very much blazed the trail for coffee shops in your area and convincing people not only that the premium coffee would be a solid business locally in a place where the competition was something that was a lot less expensive and a lot simpler to go about getting, such as, say, instant coffee, and the market certainly has changed a lot since you first put together your business and started it. How has the coffee business changed in the Philippines, in your home area of Cebu City in particular? Anything that emanates or is a result of a passion that you pursue, somehow positive results will come. It will show you know, in your service, in how you do things in shop, in your in, in my case, how we make our drinks, we will not scrimp on it. You know, if you talk about it as a business, the first thing businessmen would think about is how do we cut cost? But if it's a passion, the first thing that would come out is 
what can we best deliver to the customers or how can we give value to our customer. And somehow that was where I would differentiate both uh, experiences uh, as a businessman. Well, you also have a lot more competition now, though, obviously, than when you started. When you started, this was something, as you said, didn't exist. And now not only are you in there, but the more well-known worldwide chains are beginning to come into your backyard. What's that been like? Well, you know, just like any other business, people would follow your concept if they see that it is attractive or it's successful. So in a few months' time, when especially coffee night set up goes after a few months, coffee shops sprouting out all over the community. But what is important at the end of the day is a coffee shop that can offer the best remain standing. So as far as local competition was concerned, my company ever since I set it up, ready for any competition that will come our way, whether local or foreign brands. So as far as I'm concerned, I was more looking forward to brands that are not from my area because I know that they would come into my area along the way. I met some people in the U.S. during the studying the business. They were independent coffee shops in small towns, different parts of the U.S., and they would always say to me, and I would always ask them, there were already a corporate giant brand in their vicinity, and they say, well, they're afraid that comes soon. And for some, the corporate brands are in their vicinity already or in their area, and they've closed down because of the competition. And I always ask them, how are you going to compete with Starbucks, for example? They're afraid that they might be eaten up by the competition. My experience in the Philippines have four or five brands from the U.S. that are Philippines. The way I prepared for competition was just to make sure that you deliver that kind of experience that you want the customers to experience. They may have to be different from the kind of experience that, let's say, Starbucks can offer because uh, you have to differentiate yourselves, but... As far as we're concerned, the way we differentiated ourselves is that we offer precious coffee town. Go to our shops and when the coffee has been roasted, you are assured that you get the best precious coffee in town. And the reason why we can do that is because we own our roastery. We, we do roast our own coffee and we send them out by small batches and they come to our stores fresh from the roasting plant and finished up in the next few days. As soon as they are finished, we replenish it straight, you know, on a daily basis. And we do have coffee beans fresh from the roasting plant. And that's just one of the advantages that I used as a differentiation state because being a foreign brand, you know, all these foreign brands, being foreign by itself, they all roast their coffee back in the U.S. and shipping time and all those stuff, you know, makes it already been in the shelf for a while, so that's one of our advantages. But what I'm saying here is that our independent coffee shops, they have to just look out for an edge over, say, Starbucks or other big brands. Being a small coffee chain in my country, my experience is that in my city alone, Starbucks opened one beside my coffee shop. I think that would be their strategy. Put one beside coffee and they've done that for the last two years here in Cebu and 
post coffee is, has never been so robust. We're growing faster than we did in the last first five years or six years. So competition is good. It brings out the best in you. In terms of the number of stores, well, right now Bose has around 30 stores all over the Philippines. We are the only coffee chain that is present most cities in the Philippines, although we don't have the most number of coffee shops, but we are the most that is present in a lot of cities in the Philippines. Go down from have stores all the way down south, Davao, or and all the way up north to Cho Manila. We started in Cebu. We have 11 here. We have spread out all the other all over the country. In terms of number of stores, we might have the third most number of stores chain. And the only reason we're number three is because we don't have much stores in Metro Manila. We only have around six by the end of this year. So, And most of these other brands are all concentrated in Metro Manila, which is the biggest city in the country. You know, if we, that's why for the next two years, our concentration is the more stores in Metro Manila. And by doing that, maybe we could outpace the second chain. And I'm flying to Dubai in May just to uh, talk to three different groups who are interested in bringing Bose Coffee Club to the Middle East. So this would be maybe a chance for us to go outside of our borders. I certainly do wish you luck with that. One of the things that I found intriguing in doing a little bit of research for this specific interview, Steve, was that yours is the one brand that comes up in Wikipedia. The online internet encyclopedia lists your coffee shop as one of the premier brands, not only in Cebu City, but in the country. The next question actually does relate a bit to some of the things we've talked about before, but I'd like to broaden your observations about business beyond just the coffee shops to what you see is different in the way business is run in general in the Philippines and how it compares to the way business is run in other countries, what you've seen, say, in the United States and other things in your studies. Is there a difference in the nature of the way business needs to be run to be successful, perhaps this type of business, but maybe business in general? Well, yeah, I think there, there are different ways of running businesses in different parts of the world, uh, mainly because of culture. And the other one, I think, would be the the market that you cater. As far as we're concerned, I'm not so familiar with how business is being run in the U.S., but as far as I'm concerned, I think in the Philippines, one of the major differences is, I, I mentioned, was culture and specialty coffee shop business involves a lot of interpersonal interaction with the customers. And the Filipinos are just very shy people. They don't really, you know, go out of the way and like the, like what I observed in the U.S. where they talk to the customers as if they've known them for a while. And that's one part where I've been spending a lot of money to train and educate our partners, our employees, as far as dealing with customers are concerned. But the other way around, the Filipinos are also known to be very hospitable at the same time. And that's one advantage that we, I think we have um, as far as customer service is concerned. Another part of culture, in my country, the people are a little more sensitive. Unlike in the States, I realize that you can actually just tell somebody up front about how you feel in, in a work environment, and they'll take it professionally. 
in our culture, it's a little more different. Saying it up front will make you a little more abrasive. So you got to do something where somebody doesn't get offended. Uh, you have to get the message across without, without offending somebody or being so frank or straightforward to the person. One of the things that we as Americans in particular tend to forget is that we have a very much of a blunt, in-your-face kind of approach to talking about things, and that isn't the way it's always done all over the world, as we're learning a lot of things these days. What is your degree of personal involvement in the day-to-day operations of the business? You now have quite a number of stores. I would guess that it gets to be challenging to be connected. How do you stay personally involved with the stores? I'm still on top of everything as far as Bose Coffee is concerned. There's been a lot of reorganization in our corporate structure going on for the past year and a half due to the rapid growth. My position is CEO, and I have senior management people report to me and down the line. I'm a kind of person, since I started this whole thing, I get really involved. I'm training the managers to see how I see things, so it would be much easier. But as I've been setting up the organization, I've always made a point that when I set it up, I'm a dispensable partner or element in the group. My vision is to professionalize the organization. One thing that I'm sure that the listeners would be interested in is what in your personal background helped ready you to be able to take on this kind of business. It certainly was very entrepreneurial in nature, very different type of business for the area, and you yourself said you had no background in this kind of business. It wasn't like you ran a franchise someplace else and brought it in. You brought it from scratch. What in your background has really made it possible for you to do this? Well, I can attribute a few things. First, I'd like to go back to value of pursuing your passion, something that you love to do. That's something that really helped me. Otherwise, if I was not passionate about what I'm doing, maybe I'm not where I am today. Second would be maybe the value that, you know, of doing well with what you have. I grew up in a family where not pampered, not uh, actually. My parents, we lived comfortably, but we were not given whatever we would ask of them, you know. We had to work for things that we wanted. So that gave me drive to work for it, to drive to achieve something. And I think even in the business, when I started the business, I did not have enough funds to start with. So that's why I only decided to put up a very small kiosk with six tables. Otherwise, I would have opened a big store, a permanent store. Or maybe if I had enough money, I would have franchised a brand, but no, I did not. I think that was one of the positive result of having less work with what you have and less out of it. Coupled that with, well, of course, a management course in college, I actually finished a course of management economics. Let me just say that I maybe was born an entrepreneur because I remember far way back in kindergarten, I was already like peddling or selling some stuff to my classmates. And that was the earliest memory that I have of entrepreneurial activity. I can actually see that the entrepreneur in 
early years of school must have been very interesting to watch because I've seen people that did become business people later in that, and it's certainly fun to watch. It's just a very last question. Even though, obviously, people who want to experience Bo's Coffee Club directly need to be in the Philippines, is there a way for some of our listeners from around the world to learn more about what you're doing on the internet. I believe your website's under construction, as you said, but hopefully it'll be up sometime soon. They can Google Bose Coffee Club and write-ups that they can find for Bose Coffee Club. Well, Steve, I want to thank you very much for joining us on Stranova this week and for sharing your insights on your business. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure for being here and uh forward to having you in our stores. It is quite a story, this one. Steve Benitez started, like many of us to start a venture, with an idea. But that idea wasn't to start a chain of coffee shops. I need to clarify that right now. It was to see if he could transplant the concept of American-style coffee shops to the Philippines, a place with at least two large barriers facing him. The first was convincing people to drink hot coffee in a warm climate. That he addressed with some skill by opening his first store inside an air-conditioned shopping mall and encouraging people to sit for a while, sip their coffee, and soak in some of the coffee shop experience of relaxing in a friendly environment among friends, and with each succeeding sip, offering the opportunity for the hectic pace of everyone's lives to slow down for just a few minutes. The second was to convince people to spend what at the time seemed like an extraordinarily high price for a cup of coffee, approximately $1 U.S., in a country where that dollar represents a steep upcharge over the pennies per cup of instant coffee that was the norm before he arrived. He dealt with that literally by giving away many free cups of coffee, convinced people it was worth it after all. It wasn't easy. It took him some time and a considerable effort to build his business, just like any entrepreneur. But the true measure of his success isn't in his profits, the many stores he's expanded into, or even the competition Starbucks has now brought in, almost literally next door to every installation he's established. It's in the smile on his face at the end of every day, knowing he's found a way to bring his passion about something he truly cares about to his country, with the creation and evolution of Bo's Coffee Club. That's my reflection for this week, and thanks for listening. If you'd like more information about any of the topics in this week's show, please visit our website at www.stranova.com. And be sure to look at the current programs and resources pages for some interesting insights on our speakers and recommended links to related reference materials. If you have any comments on our show or suggestions for people to invite for future shows, please do contact us at ideas at stranova.com or leave us a short voice message on our Stranova comment line at area code 408 849-4394, or via Skype by a click from our homepage. This recording is copyright 2006 by Brad Redderson. And this is Brad Redderson, thanking you for listening and looking forward to talking with you next time on Stranova. Uh-huh.